0: Winter was here, but we are just getting started here on the Game of Thrones rewatch on post show recaps for season five, episode three. Hi, Sparrow. And now here are the two guys who are your top two picks to dig the new latrine pit.
1: I am Rob Sistrier here with Josh Wiggler. Josh, how are you? I'm good. I'm not doing that job. I'm I'm staying in bed all day. No, every day. Nope. Bad idea. You're going to get your head cut off. Oh, God, I'm afraid. I've yeah. always been afraid. I've always been afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, Josh. Man. After Rob.
0: a week away, a week yadas, uh, we are back <laughs> together to talk about the third episode of Game of Thrones Season 5. Most people's favorite season of Game of Thrones.
1: When it comes to the Winter Was Here podcast, when we're talking about Yadises, that is spelled Y-A-R-A-S, right? Like that's the kind <laughs> of the Yadis we're talking about here? Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Just uh, want to make sure. Yeah. So big, the big brother house of black and white. Uh, Yes. Yes. All right. We had a week off. We are we are back in action here. We are talking episode three of, as you said, the riveting season five, which in fairness, I think you and I have been greatly enjoying through two episodes Mm -hmm. of season five. And here we are. And is it any coincidence that the high sparrow rolls into town just as maybe the season is starting to get a little boring? Yeah. High Sparrow shows
0: up. Uh, we spend some good time with him. Uh, we spend a lot of time doing the day to day at the house of black and white, which also, uh, you know, turns into be uh, a little bit of a slog. And we also, uh, spend a lot of time at Winterfell with the Boltons.
1: Yeah, and with Littlefinger kind of uh just, you know, haphazardly handing Sansa off to the Boltons, which I know in the in the moment it didn't play especially well. It was kind of like, really, this is this is Littlefinger's big plan is to is to marry Sansa off to the Boltons and it seems like he legitimately doesn't know anything about Ramsay, uh is that a lie? Is there something deeper going on? But, you know, going further along the the Game of Thrones trail and certainly knowing how Littlefinger story has ended where he is going to die in Winterfell by the end of season 7 killed at Arya's hands uh, it really did turn out that he just didn't know what he was doing Uh, Mm -hmm. and I I think that you you can really pin it on this moment as the moment where the Littlefinger story really just starts to, to fall apart, where uh, this, this whole storyline, everything that's going on with Littlefinger and Sansa coming to the Boltons, it's a show invention. The show is now at a point where it's having to move certain storylines beyond the scope of the book uh, because George R. R. Martin hasn't released story material for Sansa past this point, and you can really tell. You can really tell that this is like a veering off script in an almost aimless way and I think it's you know many people suffer as a result of this within the story of the show and in terms of your appreciation of certain characters I think Littlefinger is really high on that list and it it kind of begins in this episode which is a bummer
0: okay so we will examine that as we go through it also uh, we spend, uh, some time with, uh, Brianne and Podrick, uh, origin stories for Brianne and Pod. So stay tuned for that here uh, as well. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right.
0: uh, let's get to the house of the black and white. We saw Arya go in there at the end of the last episode. And, you know, it's a, a very uh, Miyagi-esque curriculum at the House of Black and White. A lot of sweep the floor. Yes. A lot of, you know, uh, on, clean the corpses. Off. Right. Yes. And this is catching, all. Catching flies with chopsticks. Yes. This is all getting ready f- to become a faceless man.
1: Right. Arya is bored with this storyline. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's the tell uh, that so much about uh, about being at the House of Black and White, especially in this episode for Arya is, man, this is boring. Uh, yeah. When when that's kind of the the front and center note on the show proper, I feel like you're in a bad way. And we have our first character introduction of the waif. I know. It was like, oh, God, I forgot about the waif. <laughs> I have mercifully forgotten about the waif. And now we've got two seasons of the waif to look forward to. I don't know if that's the right way of uh thinking about
0: it. Mm-hmm. Arya is getting frustrated. Uh She tells uh Jack and Hagar, like, look, you know, hey. Uh, I'm ready to be a faceless man, so could we uh, yada yada this a little bit? And he says, yeah. uh, I don't think you're ready.
1: She does not like being a janitor. You know, she has uh, she has done a lot of odd jobs along the way here on Game of Thrones, from being uh, a, a fake boy in service of the Night's Watch to being Tywin Lannister's cupbearer to being the Hound's like kind of sort of pseudo squire. I think that if she were to power rank her own gigs, being the janitor at the House of Black and White, this seems pretty low on the totem pole for her.
0: It's not great there is a uh body that is
1: being moved Arya is curious about uh where are they taking this yeah where is that going yep. where does what, what do you what do you do with that guy it's like she knows that there is something uh something strange something stranger even that will happen with this man but she just doesn't know quite what stranger things going on stranger things yes
0: in the upside down uh and uh it'll be uh the 11 years that we spend in bravos okay <laughs> yeah josh uh let's talk about uh king's landing and uh we've had so many unhappy weddings on game of thrones uh we actually are going to get the wedding of tommen and Marjorie, and they will uh get hitched without a hitch
1: yes i am his she is mine. Blah, blah, blah. No big dinner party. No big celebration, except for the private celebration. Yes. Uh, King and Best day ever. Yes.
0: Uh, worst day ever for Cersei, who is uh, pretty unhappy throughout the whole thing. We'll see a lot of this through Cersei's POV. But uh, later that night, we get to the bedding ceremony and uh, Tommen and Marjorie. What a happy day for King Tommen.
1: This makes me so sad. uh, (laughs) Which part? All of it. All of it makes me really sad. Uh, But the thing that makes me the saddest is poor, sweet Tommen. I hate that this this poor this he was a great guy. Great guy. You know, King Tommen. Mm -hmm. Kind, kind heart. Pure soul, uh, everything that's coming his way, I feel, I feel awful about, uh, now that we know the full scope of it. Back in the day, like, you kind of were dreading that something probably bad would happen to Tommen eventually, uh, but you just didn't know exactly what it was gonna be. Uh, but this, this poor, sweet little, no longer a virgin, uh, everything that's coming his way is just so dark. But this night, for one night only, everything was grand. It was the, it was the best night ever, and, uh, Tommen, a very happy Boy, in this moment in time,
0: yes, he is going to be a very love-struck Sir Pounce after this. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the dialogue is really funny, where uh Tommen is asking Marjorie, "Did did I hurt you?" And no, she's like, "No, no, I, think I'm, okay. lov- I think I'm okay. Yeah,
1: you were lovely. Come yeah, and yeah, yeah." He's, he's like breathless. He's like, "Oh, it all happened so fast." Yeah. <laughs> I was scared I hurt you. He's saying to her,
0: uh, oh, oh, should we go again? It's like, oh, let's, let's wait a minute. Let's, yeah, okay, let, you know, we have
1: forever. Let's... Like, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> you know, you did a great job. And I'm <laughs> 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 yeah. She's really funny in this scene. The scene is really great. You know, the the moments where you don't have to worry about people just like getting their heads lopped off like later in this episode. Uh, those, those are always fun on Game of Thrones if they're used uh, properly. And I, I think that this is a, a great... Great scene of levity that also shows why Marjorie Terrell was such a badass that she was able to kind of uh, just really play the game. And in this moment, she just has Tommen completely wrapped around her finger.
0: Yeah, she's feeling it, and she's talking about you know how wonderful their life is going to be from here on out. And uh, here's one line that uh, really uh, caught me by surprise uh, yes. when uh, Marjorie says to Tommen. Boy, living in a tower so high, it touches the clouds. You know, this can't be a coincidence. The height of the the chambers of uh, where Tommen lives being uh, brought into uh, focus here.
1: Yeah, I do wonder, you know, is this a storyline that at this point, uh, Benioff and Weiss really have mapped out? Because I think, you know, if we're looking at uh, the Sansa and Littlefinger stuff, for example, I, I don't want to speak for you if I'm speaking out of school. It doesn't you know necessarily land very properly uh, for me. Certainly where it regards did yes I know certainly where it regards Littlefinger. But I think the the light of the seven sequence at the uh, at the top of the season six finale I think really does end up going down as one of the great scenes of Game of Thrones in a and it's a really surprising sequence as well because there's nobody in the world who could have who could have called it. There was no. Book to read, no nothing. Uh, everyone's on equal ground, and everyone is equally taken aback. Um, and it's it's constructed and crafted so so well that you do wonder like, is this Benioff and Weiss's red wedding that they're starting to sew, and can you start to see the signs of it? as early as this episode of season five and this line that you're calling out where Marjorie says, living in a tower so high it touches the clouds. Uh, And of course, Tommen is going to throw himself off of this tower. From this tower, he is going to have this perfect view of Marjorie and so many other people dying at the Sept of Baelor, which will be a critical part of this episode as well. Uh, I, I really do think That this is this is one where you can really put a check in the column of Benioff and Weiss starting to plant the seeds of where they are going to go with this storyline and where Tommen's death is uh, is is going to happen and how that's going to play out in particular.
0: I mean, this two season arc, which ultimately ends in Cersei killing off uh, the Sparrow and Marjorie and everybody else who is there in the uh, Sept of Baelor that day really begins here with, uh, you know, this rivalry with Marjorie and Cersei. And I I think that it can't be a coincidence that then like the end of this storyline is also hinted at here with uh, the height of the tower that Tommen lives in.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great call. And I, I think that that's going to be one of the pleasures of watching this season and rewatching um, season six leading up to that moment where in the first run through of these episodes, there was no way that we could have called that that is what was going to happen. Now we know what the end point is for this high Sparrow storyline for the Marjorie storyline that we can really see how they, how they laid track for that. Uh, so I think the more that we can, we can keep an eye out for any kind of, clues like this like a, a line like this I think the, the more points we can put in favor of the Game of Thrones writer which is which is always a, a fun thing
0: so Marjorie, and she is uh, being very subtle here she wants Cersei out of the picture and she talks about how uh, does your mother like it here uh, and Tommen's like uh, uh, I think so uh, why are we talking about her right now because uh, uh, y- well you're always going to be her little lion cub and he's like yeah. no I'm a man
1: now I'm a man. Well, I guess I've so. Got, I've got a hair on my chest. <laughs>
0: yeah. You'll always be her baby boy, uh, Marjorie says. And uh, Marjorie's hinting that, you know, uh, she'll uh, never let you out of her sight. Um, you know, sort of like, uh, hey, boy, I bet if we could get your mom out of the picture, but we could uh, have a lot more fun.
1: Yeah, it's like um, it's like the Adams family values when Joan Cusack marries Fester, uh, and Marjorie is Deborah, and Tom (laughs) is Fester, and Cersei is not just Morticia, but the entire Adams family, and Marjorie is trying to to take Tom and away. Too legit, Malibu Marjorie. Too legit to quit that's not who I am that's not who I was I was a ballerina graceful delicate they had to go are you
0: quoting Adam family's
1: <laughs> now? We are five seasons and three episodes into the rewatch of Game of Thrones. I have earned the right to quote Adam's family values. I am getting texts from Emily Fox right now, who is listening in the other room with emojis of hands up and giving me the, the ace sign like I've got it. So one fan, one fan. Yeah. What is the sigil of now? House Adams? Yeah. Uh, it is. Yeah, it is probably just the hand. Yeah, Yeah, the <laughs> severed hand all right <laughs> maybe a uh, thing is jamie lannister's severed hand Oh, everything about, <laughs> ever about that yeah kyburn got a hold of it <laughs> yes exactly
0: <laughs> all right josh uh let's talk about this uh scene now uh cersei is going to be walking with tommen and tommen's like oh you ever miss uh casterly rock mom <laughs> right, yeah do you think maybe you could go now my girlfriend says maybe oh, you should get out of here.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Cersei, who is no dummy. And again, I think going back and watching this through, I think we we appreciate the extent of Cersei's intelligence much more than we did uh, on the first run. She's she's reading between the lines here. She she understands where this talk is coming from.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's like, why are we why are we talking about this? Why, why, why are you bringing this up? Like, oh, I just think you'd be happy at Casterly Rock. And yeah. uh, we go right from that scene to Marjorie uh, hanging out with Cersei. And uh, Marjorie, uh, she's having the old uh, Sex in the City brunch uh, yes. with her
1: girlfriends. <laughs> Too bad Miranda is stuck in Winterfell and can't make it.
0: She's got a few uh, cosmos going with the ladies
1: talking about how Tommen is looking to set a record. Yes, uh, surely four times is enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, really, uh, you know, pumping up the, uh, the reputation of Tommen. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh. Z- Cersei
0: comes in. Uh, why did Cersei come in? What was she? What was she doing? Uh,
1: she's I think she's yeah. She's she's here to to. She's probably she's coming in hot. She seems like she's not thrilled with uh, with Marjorie. She's probably really picked up on the casually rock talk, and she uh, she wants to put her foot down here with Marjorie and make sure that it's known that she's catching on. But Marjorie's really not giving anything up.
0: Yeah. Now, Josh, we got some feedback uh, coming into this episode about how do you see things differently this time around? Where do you feel like that is Marjorie trolling Cersei here?
1: I do think that it's very likely that in this moment Marjorie thinks she's basically won. You know, she's now the queen, she's married, Tommen, all of that is official. She probably underestimates Cersei and Cersei's capacity for cruelty. So I do think at this moment she is, you know, like playing with the wings of the fly a little bit flying a little too close to the sun uh if i'm being honest
0: yes she's underestimating cersei and she's toying with her and i do think that she's being a little bit of a show-off in front of her friends like i i think a little bit now she is like the queen bee uh not just queen marjorie and then all of her girlfriends after after Cersei leaves they're like oh my
1: god i can't believe you just said that to cersei oh my god yeah, they're they're impressed. You know, at this point, I think Marjorie she probably figures she's going to get Cersei sent off to Casterly Rock before too long. She doesn't have to worry about, uh, you know, playing too nice with Cersei so much as she has to worry about her relationship with Tommen and the people who are still going to be in court after Cersei is gone. So I think, you know, Marjorie may be getting a little bit sloppy in the game here, but she has played such a great game that it's hard to hard to be too mad at her right now. OK,
0: so uh She's going to leave, uh, and uh, these girls are all cackling as Cersei walks away. It just uh, really left a bad taste in Cersei's mouth. Yes, it's great. Like ash. That's what it tasted like. Yes. Yes. Okay, Cersei's going to file all this away. So we then uh, go check out, hey, we are back at Winterfell, and uh, Rick is seeing uh, some flayed men around. He's like, uh, I don't know if I love what you guys have done with the place. Uh, you've redecorated. Mm, yes. So okay, Roos and Ramsey are sitting down to dinner, and uh Ramsey's talking about some difficulties he's had with the old tax collection in the north about how uh they do not want to serve someone who is not a
1: Stark. Right. Yes. Uh they are they are not uh not fans these days.
0: Yes, that they did some polling, that the North is uh, still very much uh, loyal to the Starks. Stark so, friendly. Yes. So Ramsey had flayed a guy and then the new person that was in charge uh, was going to pay the taxes. But uh, Roose Bolton has some important news.
1: Yes, uh, they're in a little bit of trouble right now. They're in a little bit of a way because they had this deal with Tywin Lannister that they were going to be in charge of the North and now Tywin Lannister is dead. So they're not entirely sure how the political landscape of the Seven Kingdoms is going to be shaking out. So they need to start making some new alliances. And given the Stark loyalties here in the North, Maybe it would be a good idea if the Boltons could hitch their wagon to House Stark And boy, do they have the right idea for how they can pull that off Yes,
0: because uh, Ramsey thinks that uh, the best way to create alliances is flaying people But Ruth says, no, the best way to do this is marriage
1: You're getting married, Ramsey Yes, we're going to have a a white wedding here in Winterfell Yes, okay so
0: we are now going to see uh, as uh, Sansa and Littlefinger approach Moat Kalen and uh, stop for some sightseeing. There is like a scenic overlook at Moat Kalen and, uh, you know, Littlefinger's like, isn't it, isn't it impressive?
1: Nah, uh, <laughs> yeah, He's like, no, it's not. It looks really <laughs> gross, actually, are from, this, what are you from doing? this vantage point. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
0: And so he explains to Sansa, all right, uh the Boltons have Winterfell and uh that's where that's where we're going and Sansa realizes that that marriage proposal was not for Littlefinger. A little bit like duh, Sansa. Like how many women Yeah, a little late to the game. Uh, we know your crazy aunt was into Littlefinger, but I mean there's really not that many other women that are uh,
1: <laughs> you know, He's uh, courting got some Littlefinger. S- uh he's the Lord of Hall and the Vale. You know, he's he's got uh he's got his his things that he brings to the table. Right, but but no. I mean, she
0: really thought about it. I mean, is 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 there a woman out there that's like, uh, you know, a Raven? Uh, hey, will you marry Littlefinger?
1: Yeah, yeah probably not. Uh,
0: so hey, be like a Walder Frey could be saying like, Hey, Littlefinger, will you marry one of my daughters? Like sure.
1: Sure, but that's not it. That's not the. That's not what's up. There's somebody. Somebody else is uh, is uh, on the line tonight. Yeah, and it is it is Sansa Stark.
0: Okay, so Sansa thinks, "Hey, I'm not going to marry Roose Bolton. That he murdered my brother. He betrayed the Starks, and he serves the Lannisters also. And Littlefinger is being a little coy here at first. uh, Ultimately, uh, no, it's not Roose Bolton. You're going to marry. You're going to marry his son." yeah uh and
1: it turns out that he knows nothing about this guy so.
0: he Knows nothing about him he does yeah. not have the dossier on no. ramsey bolton now the conversation ends in a weird place because sansa is you know um uh, appropriately no way no, how I'd rather die. I'm not going there. I'm not doing this. And Littlefinger goes from like, well, I can't force you to do it if you don't want to. But uh, you'd be a
1: real lame if you don't do it. Yeah. But
0: he ends up with like, uh, there's no justice. Not unless we make it. You loved your family. Avenge them. So right. I mean, what is the plan here with Sansa and Littlefinger? How is Sansa on the road to avenging the Starks by marrying Ramsey Bolton?
1: I think the whole thing is really, really thinly done. Uh it's just it's just not it's I don't know. It doesn't really hold up on the rewatch. In the moment, it didn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, does he think that, you know, Stannis is going to, to be the victors here and like take down the Boltons and then he's going to be free to take over Winterfell. He talks to, to Roos later on in the episode about, uh, every, everything's a gamble. Uh, and so this is clearly a gamble, but it also just feels like, just like throwing dice ve- very haphazardly into a game that you aren't even like playing before you're playing in this moment. The whole thing is just very, very weird.
0: I think that perhaps uh, what he is thinking is that, okay, I'm going to now uh, prop up the Boltons in the north, and then I am going to then uh, have them turn on the Lannisters, get the Lannisters and the Boltons at war with one another. And then once both of those forces are weakened enough, Perhaps he's thinking that the Knights of the Vale would be able to, you know, uh, come in and be the strongest army in the realm that they would be able to overtake uh, the north. And then he would already have Sansa installed in the north to run the north. And then uh, they would be able to then uh, turn their attention to a very diminished Lannister force. But it's a stretch.
1: Yeah, it's a stretch. It's a stretch. A lot has to go right uh, for all of that to play out. And obviously it doesn't quite play out like that.
0: But what I don't get is when Littlefinger is like, yes, avenge them. That Sansa isn't like, okay, go on. I'm listening. Right. Right. So the plan is okay, marry Ramsey. Got it. Check. Then wait for further instructions. Yeah. <laughs> just hang tight. <laughs> and then, But what are we doing? Are you going to take over? I'll
1: get back to you.
0: <laughs> okay, I guess yeah, so. I guess I'll anything. just go marry him uh, based on, uh, you know, this one speech. I'm waiting,
1: I'm waiting for George to tell me. Yes. Yeah, he just All doesn't right. know. He doesn't know.
0: Podrick and Brianne. The
1: double backstory. Pod and Brianne. Yes, we get to hear about Sir Lorimer. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Named after a subway stop in Brooklyn, New York. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that where you go to uh, get a ham? That's where you go to get ham and to to drink a little too much and you get a ham. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's a ham bone and it's delicious. <laughs> yes. And if you take the ham bone, you get hanged and it's not great. Right. Uh, and we, then we also get the whole Brienne
0: backstory. Have we ever gotten this before? I, I feel like that this is like the, the fifth time she's told this story.
1: I feel like that as well. <laughs> I feel like we have we have heard some version of yeah. this story before, for sure. Here's the yeah.
0: short, short version uh, Brienne got, she's all that. <laughs> A long time ago.
1: Uh.
0: (laughs) And (laughs) Renly was the one guy that stopped everybody from making fun of her. And I think that probably, you know, that uh, Renly, who was, you know, uh, secretly gay, I think that he might have felt like that he also didn't fit in and maybe that he had some uh, common bond with uh, Brienne over that. Right.
1: Uh, I just I love the idea of uh, the Westerosi. She's all that. Like, <laughs> how, how does that all play out? Uh, I'm sure that uh,
0: Robert Baratheon was somewhere in the mix also.
1: Yeah. Lord Freddy the second of House Prince is a, a great <laughs> underutilized actor. Yeah. And so
0: that Renly put a stop to it. He danced with her and then uh, nobody could make fun of her anymore.
1: I think we've got a prequel on our hands. I think we know what HBO's got up its sleeve. (laughs) This is a story worthy of at least a 90 minute rom-com adaptation. Okay. And
0: so again, we're just basically setting up here again. She is going to avenge Readily by killing Stannis.
1: Yes, uh, Stannis, a a shadow with the face of Stannis Baratheon. I know that that was Stannis, but Stannis is a man, not a shadow. And a man can have a sword shoved into his face by the end of the season. She's no Stannis, Stan. She is not standing Stannis. So, yeah, we're setting up the fact that Brienne is going to kill Stannis by the end of the season. And we are only in episode three right now. And that's going to happen in episode 10. And for the life of me, I cannot remember uh, what Brienne does in the meantime. I think she's going to she's going to look at a candle. She's going to tell yeah. this story a few more times. She's going to stare at a candle from mm-hmm. across the way at one point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She's going to, uh, you
1: know, berate pod. Yes. Just gonna get some, yeah, just get a lot of episodes off this season, I <laughs> feel right. like.
0: So let's check in. Uh, oh, Stannis at the wall. Uh, Jon Snow actually has a lot of good stuff in this episode. And so uh, we see Stannis and Jon Snow, and Stannis wants to know okay, uh, did you consider my offer to uh, make you into a, a Stark? We can do that. And John says uh no, he would love to. That was his dream, but now he is Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. Can't do right. it. Sorry, Stannis. Right.
1: Stannis, uh for a guy who is all about the I'll break before I bend philosophy, I feel like he's the, the reaction that he has of how taken aback he is by Jon Snow choosing honor and duty over uh like the Ending the rules and getting out of the night's watch uh, feels a little out of character for Stannis like he could be annoyed but he should be able to understand this pretty easily mm-hmm. yeah
0: and Stannis is like boy you're as honorable as your father and, and uh, like, oh,
1: thanks I didn't mean it as a compliment you idiot <laughs> yeah 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 that's what got uh, your dad killed so got him killed Uh and yeah, he's basically like, Okay, well, uh we're gonna get out of your hair here pretty soon. John is, you know, kinda like, So how long are you guys gonna stay at Castle Black? Yeah, we we
0: don't have that much food. And so uh they're gonna be on their way, Stannis.
1: Yeah, I like uh, this scene. So, you know, Stannis is going to leave. He's he's giving uh, he's giving John some, you know, some some kingly advice, you know, some leadership advice about what he should do with the wildlings and how he should try and talk to Tormund Giants, Bane. And maybe he's going to be able to bend the the wildlings towards Jon Snow's command. Uh, And when he leaves, Davos sticks around and he has a few more things that he wants to talk to Jon Snow about. And we've seen them interact already at this point. Not to this extent. Like this is the first real Jon and Davos scene. And I thought that this was fun to, to revisit, knowing that Davos is kind of going to be Jon Snow's lieutenant moving forward.
0: Yeah. And Davos is going to cite the uh, Night's Watch oath. Uh, it's going to have Ollie recite it because now Ali is uh, Jon's steward, not Jon Stewart. And uh, well, <laughs> the Daily Show with Ollie, I think, uh, has a, a, ni- a nice ring to it, right? John Oliver. <laughs> John Oliver. Sure. That's uh, that's on after Game of Thrones. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, he's like, come on, come on. You're the shield, the shield that guards the realm. You gotta come.
1: Yeah, and I mean, in this moment, Davos doesn't know about the stuff that's north of the wall to Didn't to he quite see it that in the fixing. He's he's heard a little bit about it. He seems to be less interested in that, and he seems to be more interested in just like sort of the, the volatility of the North right now. And that's gonna remain a pressing concern for Davos for the next little while. Uh, but for right now, that's why he's really trying to get John to to make a move against the Boltons and is trying to get John to be a little less uh inflexible, you know, to, to really start to to expand his interpretation of the night's watch definition, which maybe that's gonna be part of why. I, after John dies uh, and comes back to life, he's like, oh, you know, Davos had a good point that like, uh, you know, technically I'm uh, I'm probably out of this contract by mm-hmm. now. Like maybe he wouldn't have had that line of thinking if not having talked uh, to Davos at this point. OK, let's go check out what's going on back
0: with Aria at the House of Black and White. And uh, the waif uh,
1: is uh, going to just start uh, beating on Aria. Yeah, the, the first of a couple of scenes of somebody just like beating another person with a cane mm-hmm. in this episode, with them beat, beating them with raids. Uh, yeah, the waif shows up and she's trying to play the game of uh, the game of faces with her. I'm just playing and, the game
0: of faces.
1: I mean, yeah. it's, uh, what? It's not, no big deal. It's harmless. This is just what we do around here. Jack and Hagar does not like the game of faces, at least not unless like you've really been like uh, read into the rules. Girls, I said
0: no game of faces before your chores are done. Yeah,
1: wave. What? Wave.
0: What are you doing? Nothing.
1: Who are you? No one.
0: And so uh,
1: Jock and the car says, "Look, uh, she's not ready. No game of faces for you. This stuff is tough to watch, man. And we're only in like the very, very beginning of it. But the House of Black and White stuff is, uh, oof, yeah, uh, waif, waif. It's uh, <laughs> hard to hard to hard to get
0: through. Sasha, Aria calls the waif the c word here in this scene.
1: Wait, does she really? Yeah. Oh wow, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm looking back at my notes, and indeed that is uh, that is correct. Ooh. Dark." <laughs> Yeah. Dark wings, dark words. Yeah. So
0: Arya is reaching for needle in this scene. And that—that uh, that is a, a no-no. Not so much because, you know, you could kill the waif, but because uh, oh, I thought that sword belongs to Arya Stark. I thought you said you were no one. So which is it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you can't be Arya Stark and uh, no one if you've got that sword. Like, you have to choose one or the other. And so Arya is going to take those words to heart, and she is going to leave briefly the House of Black and White and toss all of her stuff into the sea, uh, except for Needle. She can't part with Needle. She's going to have to hide Needle. She's going to need Needle at some point down the line. She just can't quite get rid of herself at that point in time.
0: Do you feel like it's amazing that nobody ever found Needle in the two seasons that it was hidden?
1: I think the, the more surprising thing to me than that is that she wasn't being followed by anybody from the House of Black and White yes. who would have saw her do that. Jack like, McGarrett knows her every
0: move. He uh,
1: yes. either did know about this or did not care about this. Right. Yeah. And if he didn't know about it, then he's kind of terrible at his job. Mm hmm. I think that he knew about it and then was just waiting for the right moment to
0: throw it in her face. I think that's probably correct. (laughs) Like, the right moment to say, like, oh, just, like, your sword isn't hidden in the rocks?
1: Yeah, yeah. He just
0: never quite got to
1: that point yet. How did you know that? I think what happens is she brutally, viciously, terribly murders Marin Trant and that kind of, uh, scoops the, the needle thing that he'd been sitting on where Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, that doesn't matter so much as you just viciously murdered one of your oldest enemies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I could see it that way.
0: All right. Uh, back to the house of black and white more.
1: (laughs) All Uh. right. Uh, time to wash a dead body. Yeah. And once again, I was like, what? what do we do next? What do we do after we wash them? And the wave says, oh, well, you'll find out in, a, in an episode or so. Okay. We really got to drag this one out. <laughs> <laughs> it's All right. Take a minute. Uh, let's go back to
0: Winterfell, where uh, it's the old story of uh, Bastard
1: Meets Girl yes a classic a timeless tale for sure mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. and Roos uh, Roose and Ramsey are on their best behavior when uh, when Sansa shows up and Sansa as well frankly the way that she She's is able to yeah she does a great job here of being like oh Lord Golden, yeah. great to meet you even though you killed my brother and basically killed my mom um, and Ramsey especially is just like oh Sansa you are so wonderful and it's an honor to meet you and he tells Littlefinger later he's like I will never hurt sansa Mm -hmm. so bolton's on best behavior at the moment yeah i mean ramsey does have like this uh eddie haskell uh mode that he can go into real uh (laughs) sucking kneecaps He's really good at it. He's very good at it. I mean, it's, it shouldn't come as a surprise at this point that uh, Ramsey is outside of the late Lady Crane, the best actor in the universe of Game of Thrones, I would say. Yes, he's uh, very good at selling whatever he's trying to put out there. I mean, think about the Theon stuff. Like, Theon had no idea, and Theon really should have had an idea. There's one person there who is uh, not a Sansa stan, and that's Miranda. Miranda. She wanted to go to that Marjorie Sex in the City
0: brunch. Yeah,
1: Miranda with uh with an eye on uh becoming the, the governess of Winterfell is uh is not thrilled with the arrival of Sansa here. The governess? Yes, yes. Does that means just wear uh, an eye patch.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> got to pay the bill, Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, oh God. <laughs> yeah. That would be a good look. <laughs> I'm a fan. I think that'd be great. All right. Um, Sansa,
0: let's take you to your room. And uh, we got this lady who says, uh, I'll bring you a a bowl of hot water, Sansa. The North remembers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We know that you love hot water, (laughs) not the hot brown. (laughs) All right. Hot bowl of brown. Uh, Back at Castle Black, uh, John has
0: uh, his uh, first, what do you call these? Uh, The... The the meetings the
1: yeah it's like town hall you know stuff, you know because the you know, council is in session everybody's allowed to speak up. Do you take your marching orders for the day? Make fun of uh, Brian, the ginger, you know, just as you do. (laughs) It's a weird meeting. Uh, John Snow starts like order, order. All right, that's it. We need to dig a new
0: latrine pit. Uh, And people are like laughing, like, ah, ha, ha, latrine pit. Uh, John assigns uh, (laughs) a guy because uh, let's make Brian do it. Brian, the ginger, you should dig the latrine pit.
1: You know, you think of Jon Snow as, like, such, like, a, an open-hearted, understanding, empathetic, like, liberal-leaning guy. <laughs> hates Especially with, like, gingers. his wildling stance. But, yeah, he hates gingers. He is uh, an anti gingite Jon Snow. And that's so odd because he was in love with one. Yep. It's I, like maybe he's, like, trying to distance himself from the egret thing.
0: I wish we would spend more time at the Night's Watch with uh, the butt of all the jokes, Brian the Ginger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, if we ever do any kind of Game of Thrones simulation, uh, <laughs> Brian the Ginger Steel uh, writes itself. <laughs> is, is it Brian or Bryant? I believe it is. Uh, it would be, be Bryant. Jorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Why do I yeah. have to dig the Latroon?
1: Yeah. No the <laughs> <laughs> It is interesting that this is like, you know, this is Jon Snow. It seems like this is Jon Snow's like first big meeting with the whole crew now that he is Lord Commander of the Night's Watch and first Item on the agenda is latrine duty. Mm-hmm. Like that is what he launches into. Even more important than assigning first ranger is who is going to dig that was the, the new latrine pit. Kind you know yeah. try to like loosen the
0: room a little bit. So Jon Snow yeah. is going to uh,
1: give Sir Alistair
0: a uh, important assignment. He's going to make him the first ranger. Now go back to that scene with Stannis, there's actually a, uh, a really great line where uh, John is talking with Stannis about uh, Aliser thorn and uh john is talking about you know keeping him on board and uh, uh R- status knows this is a bad idea but uh yeah. john says like uh what happened to the idea you know uh keep your uh you know your friends close and your enemies closer you know godfather 2 and is like bad idea yeah Stannis says uh oh, whoever said that didn't have a lot of enemies
1: yeah i only saw godfather 1 I. <laughs> I don't believe in sequels
0: <laughs> Stannis hates sequels? Boy, he would really hate the movies this summer.
1: Yeah, oh no, not a not a fan. Yeah. Okay. I did see Crazy Rich Asians and I thought it was a great cultural moment. Yes, but uh the second
0: one he's not gonna like. He's not gonna like the sequel. Yeah. But Josh, I, that Stannis is right here because at the end of the season that Thorne is going to lead this mutiny, which is going to kill John. And John is feeling, you know, uh, just like in that scene that Stannis is saying to him, you know, you're so noble, your honor, uh, you know, it's what got your father killed. And John is like, I'm going to try to do the right thing. I'm going to build this team of rivals.
1: Yeah. But I think in this moment, uh, I think. He you know, that's you know, hindsight being what it is, it's it's not a great thing because Thorne's gonna be around to be really pissed off about the Wildlings. But in the moment it seems like it lands, right? Where Alistair Thorne is very surprised that he is getting named first ranger. And uh when when the when the you know right before the sword falls on Jano Slint, but John gives Jano Slint this this terrible assignment that he's assigning him to, to restore a ruin. He's assigning him to Greyguard, uh that Jano Slint is like gonna be so pissed off and up in arms and and you know seal his own death certificate as a result he's going to look to Alistair at one point to basically bail him out and Alistair thorne's going to look at him and be like no i'm first ranger man like i i got it i got a pretty decent assignment out of this whole thing i think it's like a, a game respects game type of move where john anoints Alistair thorne and the wild thing the wilding issue notwithstanding you get the sense that like maybe there's a little bit of peace here for the time being yeah so time you, being.
0: you feel like there's an uneasy truce between the two of them
1: yeah, I think at this point, at this point Alistair yeah. Thorne's like, wow, you, you respect me a little bit more than I expected you to. Uh, so what, what you know, th- the deal is what the deal is. I am, if nothing else, very loyal to the ideals of the Night's Watch. Let's let's play this out. You are Lord Commander Fair and Square, and I'm First Ranger. I can deal with that.
0: Now, John has no respect for uh, Jano Slint, and it's
1: really the other way around. Like, John was looking for an excuse, but Jano Slint really gives him an excuse.
0: Well, he sends him away where he doesn't let him even stay at the wall and uh or castle black and is sending him off to go command gray guard and janos is like no way i'm not going screw that and someone's got to.
1: someone's got to do it though right i mean may as well may as well be the guy who's that there is now at least, uh, i don't
0: i don't know if anybody needs to be there
1: You got to fortify some stuff. You never know who is coming down upon the wall like the Night King or whoever. If I was Jano Slint, I mean, unless
0: he's scared that, you know, then nobody's going to be there to protect him. I'd be like, good, let me get away from all these guys. Like, I don't want to do anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, he's not happy and he's going to make his displeasure known. And it is going to cost him his brain piece, which will be very neatly and coolly and awesomely and fat freaking sittily removed from his body. (laughs) Yeah. He says to Jon
0: Snow, Well, I was charged with the defense of King's Landing when you were soiling your swaddling clothes. Keep your ruin.
1: Yeah. And Jon says, All right, I'll keep the ruin and I'll take your head. Mm, Yes. Okay. Uh, Well, then Jano says, You know,
0: I'm not going to go off to go freeze and die. So maybe he feels like that's sort of like uh, it's a suicide
1: mission to uh, go to this abandoned fort anyway. But yeah, but I don't think he knows exactly what he is uh, getting himself into. I don't think that he knows like, well, I now have 15 seconds left to yeah, live. He's trying. That's a surprise. He's trying,
0: John. And uh, John is not going to have it. And so that uh, John says, all right, uh, take, sir, take uh, Lord Janos. That's it. Bring me yep, my bring sword. i
1: Ollie, bring me my sword, which I know uh, the book reading crowd was very disappointed that the line isn't, Ed, fetch me a block, which is uh, which is how it is presented in the book. We're such sticklers for uh, for the uh, the sacred George R. R. Mm-hmm. Martin text here. Yeah. Yes.
0: And Janos has a change of heart with his head on the chopping block. He says, I oh, know I was wrong. I got, I got it wrong. Uh, I take it back. I take it back. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Yeah. And John does not show mercy here to jano slint now josh in the season premiere when mance raider was up and about to be burnt he begged for mercy john answered his call uh with a swift arrow to the heart here jano slint is asking for mercy, but John does not give him the mercy he's asking for.
1: Yeah, I think in this moment, you know, John feels like he needs to assert himself. And Mance Raider is not openly mocking uh, and disparaging Jon Snow at any point in time, other than I'm a wildling, you're a member of the Night's Watch, which makes us enemies. Like there's the whole, you know, aspect of that. But with Jano Slint, he has just very publicly tried to malign John's character in front of everybody. And John is a very very young, very new Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, and he cannot withstand such an insult. And also, because he is sticking with the Night's Watch and is not going to become King John Stark and is not going to be able to avenge his family, at least he can kind of scratch that itch here by killing Jane of Slint. Yes. And a th- little mean- personal, a little personal.
0: A lot of echoes here going back to the premiere of the series with Ned Stark and the deserter from the uh, from the wall where he has to uh, carry out the sentence of beheading a man. And even, you know, just uh, standing there with the sword. So, I mean, uh, in this episode, even go back to what Stannis said. I mean, uh, John is really trying to become Ned Stark.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that this is, uh, this is sort of his Ned Stark moment. Um, and the way that the show, uh, uh, portrays this scene I, I, I had forgotten exactly how it was shot like how much do you see uh, is it like the kind of thing where you see from like a low angle John bringing the sword down and then there's a quick cutaway uh, no you just see him like chop the head clean off the body mm-hmm. <laughs> Like the camera just kind of uh, lingers on like the, uh, like the like out of nowhere headless corpse of Jano's slint uh, really expertly done Uh, both in terms of the sword chop and also the way that it's filmed. Yeah, I think this is uh, definitely the best stuff here in the episode. Yeah, definitely. And uh it, it was to my memory this was uh the way that the episode had ended and then there was like no. another like 20 minutes left of episode. I was like, "Whoa, okay, that's, this is a long episode." Okay. All Season right. 5. Oh my goodness. Hey, right, let's go
0: back to King's Landing to talk about what is going on and hey, isn't that the high septon hanging out at Littlefinger's brothel and there is some yeah. elaborate stuff going on here where trying
1: to bang the stranger over here <laughs> yes <laughs> and,
0: i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get into what i what i where i was going and oh no oh no <laughs> you know we've got uh seven of uh little fingers of finest working and they are dressed up as uh you know the uh seven the seven uh gods and it, it's a whole production going on
1: it really is like i said he's trying to get with the stranger he's trying to get with the maiden he's trying to get with both of them and then uh in comes lance also to- oliver playing the role of yes. god also yes yes, <laughs> yes that is oliver Underneath that mask, uh and Lancel's gonna to roll in. He's gonna roll in with the uh, with the rest of his his sparrows, and they are going to drag the High Septon out uh, and and parade him through you the mean streets. They're destroy him on Twitter. Yes, <laughs> they're dragging him
0: <laughs> at High
1: Septon. You are disgusting. Yes, real cute. Oh, my God. Yes. The the Sparrow army is out in, in full force. They're just uh, destroying uh, the High sparrow social media presence.
0: Yeah. And so they throw him out on the street and then the High Septon has to walk through the streets naked. A little preview of what we're going to see for Cersei coming up in uh, this season's finale.
1: Yeah, and you get the sense probably in retrospect that this is the moment where the Sparrows are going to be able to turn Oliver, who is going to turn on Loras later on, right? Like, you know, they bust into Littlefinger's mm-hmm. brothel. There, It seems like this is first contact with uh, between Oliver and the Sparrows, and we know he's going to have a really key role to play in uh, the Tyrell downfall later in this uh, season. Okay, so the high sp- Septin is going
0: to visit the small council and tell on uh the faith militant what's going on.
1: Yeah, he's with mom yeah, he's he's not happy about everything that happened here, and the the High Sparrow is here, and these fanatics they're they're causing a huge problem here, and we really need to do something about it. And Cersei is is interested only in so far as she wants to meet this High Sparrow, and she sees maybe there is an ally to 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 find here in this guy. Okay, so I, I liked in the small council meeting. That uh,
0: Picel is like, well, I think a man's uh, personal life should be uh, kept private.
1: <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> Great callback. Oh, God. <laughs> Picel, secretly the best character on the show. <laughs> yeah.
0: Kyburn uh, also is being very shady towards the High Septon.
1: Yes. 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 Well, I, I think Kybern, uh, not a fan, not a fan of any of these religious people. Right. Okay. Cersei is going to go look for the High Sparrow. Apparently that uh, he is
0: uh, operating a soup kitchen someplace that does not smell very great. Uh, Cersei does not look
1: too pleased to be there. She plays along well enough. Yeah. You know, she's able to she's able to to hang out with the high Sparrow while he's just like barefootedly serving soup to people. Of course, we're going to get the the shoeless Sparrow backstory later on in uh, season six. Oh, I'm sure you are.
0: (laughs) So they have a good chat. No one is special. They think I'm special because I say no one is special. And so uh, he feels like,
1: oh, did the God send you here to tempt me? Because it's not going to work. Yeah, I'm not really into that sort of thing. Uh, and no, she says, well, I came here because the High Septon is not a fan of yours and wants me to execute you. And the High Sparrow's is like, I don't uh, I don't suppose you're going to tell me how you feel about that. hmm. Yeah. And so uh,
0: Cersei says, no, I actually I, I like what you guys are doing. I have always seen both the uh, the crown and the faith as sort of the twin pillars of this monarchy, uh, much as uh, Elizabeth sees uh, the importance of faith in the monarchy as the chosen people of the gods to lead. So it's hard to see really here, Josh, if does Cersei, you know, have the long con working already where then she's like, okay, so if the faith militant is cracking down on the sexually perverse, then... I know that uh, Marjorie's brother is uh, doing illicit things. I'm going to be able to be able to uh, get Loras arrested. And then that's going to be a way to get in on Marjorie. I can't think she's that many steps ahead yet at this point.
1: Yeah, I don't know if she's that many steps ahead yet, but I do think she's at least at the place where she knows that her power is waning, that she is either queen mother or queen regent, depending on how you want to describe her, according to Marjorie, uh, and that if she wants to cling on to power, especially because her son seems to want to send her away back to Casterly Rock, she needs to make a move. She needs to make a move soon, and she needs the numbers in order to be able to make it. And I think that she is seeing this possibility for an alliance here like with the High Sparrow yeah like she's like this is a powerful group i'm in a position right now where i can uh court some of their power and who knows where we go from there i bet she's like in the very early stages of the wheeling and dealing but that again that being said uh i think to to underestimate just how far down the line cersei can think is probably a goof on our end mm-hmm. uh i just i do think that it's a little too far down the line at this point for her to be thinking that way
0: right i, I think she's you know uh you Considering her options.
1: She's I think scouting. so
0: as well. Yes, scout it. It's a scout, scouting yes. report. <laughs> so Cersei comes back and uh talks to Kyber and says, Hey, uh, I got a message. Send this message to a little Littlefinger. Make sure he understands the meaning of the word meeting.
1: Yeah. Uh like, don't uh, put meeting in quotes yeah yeah i think she she wants to she needs some uh response from him immediately is what she is what she wants so kyburn uh on top of all of this is uh he's the communications director Mm. uh for the for the lannister regime as well um i enjoyed the moment in uh in this scene where in the background you see the mountain just like writhing (laughs) under a a blanket
0: easy friend yes just (laughs) thrashing in the background it might be the best moment in the episode
1: uh, yeah, it's up there. It's up there just because of how like, casually Kyburn is. Easy uh, is friend.
0: Just, don't worry.
1: Mountain, don't fret. Zombie Mountain has to kill Maester Kyburn, right? You think so? Yeah, like, what else is going to happen to Maester Kyburn? <laughs> sits on the Iron Throne. Oh my God. I hadn't really <laughs> considered that as a possibility. Or uh, Jamie Lannister's severed hand is going to show up and wrap itself around Kyburn's neck, is another way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Death by thing. <laughs> sure sure okay uh reek
0: is uh he can't look at sansa sansa has not seen that uh the artist formerly known as theon is there uh and uh that she's just like walking by we see ramsey have a conversation with little as you mentioned earlier he's like i'll never hurt her i promise
1: yeah, Littlefinger's like, oh, that's good enough for me. Littlefinger, the most thorough man on the show, that's so. That's totally yeah. fine. Person I've never met before in my entire life, and future episodes will not justify any of these actions. Well, the one thing we get
0: here is Littlefinger saying, you know, I don't know a lot about you, to be honest.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. This <Which laughs> is a hell of a gamble, dude. This is a bad gamble. I googled you, and no <laughs> results came up. There are, did you know, a lot of Ramsey Snows in the north.
0: Mm. Common name for a
1: bastard. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, there is yeah. at least a hundred search results. But you seem like a good chap. <laughs> very polite. Yeah. Good handshake. Uh, yeah. Nice manners. Good family. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> kind of creepy in the face. But who am I to judge? It's like, OK, it's good uh, enough for me off. To, yeah. <laughs> off to my meeting with Cersei. Yeah, that's fine. Like, he's good. Yeah, he'll have a moment with with Roos and Roos Bolton is going to be the one who's like, Littlefinger, I don't know if I can trust you. And Littlefinger's like, I can definitely trust you. Uh, so it's just none of this. None of this is really making a ton of sense.
0: Yeah. Littlefinger promises to Roose Bolton that she's still a virgin, and Roose is like, uh, Look, I don't care. <laughs> don't yeah. Look- <laughs> <laughs> I killed Rob Stark. Do you think I care about that? Yes. Uh, uh. And th- there's an uneasy alliance between uh, the two of them, and. Uh, I do love this part where okay, so Cersei sent the raven to the Vale. Uh, somebody from the Vale uh, rode the message up to Winterfell and then gave it to Roose Bolton, and uh, he's reading Littlefinger's mail.
1: Yeah, so uh, she needs to see Littlefinger asap, and uh, Roose is already hip to what's going on because he's just uh, he's hacked Littlefinger's email account.
0: Yeah. And and Roose Bolton appropriately asked, like, hey, I thought you had a deal with the Lannisters. I mean, they did a lot of good things for you. Like, why are you undermining them?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. You know why anyone trusts anybody in this situation is really beyond yeah, me. Because Roose Bolton is like, well, I have seen
0: four seasons of the show and <laughs> I read the books and I, I don't understand what you're doing here.
1: Yeah, Littlefinger gives him
0: just like the shrug. Like you have and, Sansa, yeah, you have the veil, but why are you marrying Sansa to Ramsay? Wouldn't that make more sense to I like send a fake Stark to the North?
1: Like that would I make, make know, more to sense. Do anything else, you know, literally anything else. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Littlefinger says, "I'm a gambler." like to gamble yeah maybe this is him like being like i'm a gambler i have a problem (laughs) yes i have an addiction help Help me i'm taking too many
0: risks for no reason
1: i need help I, I need someone to listen to me. This is a cry for help. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we're being too harsh on on Littlefinger. This is a guy who's just in in need of support. So Littlefinger is going to
0: uh, get a reply out to Cersei, but not before uh, Roose Bolton is going to read
1: that message. Yeah, it's like I'd like to read the reply. You can BCC me if it's less <laughs> awkward. BRR me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> What would that be? a no, we a, a blind Raven, a Raven copy or a blind Carbon Raven. Yeah, blind R R Martin. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about some quality brothel time over in Volantis? Yeah, there hasn't been enough brothel action in this episode already. Okay. Uh, Tyrion and Varys are riding. Tyrion needs to get out of the wheelhouse
1: yeah that's uh, he just keeps saying it i have to get out of this wheelhouse i have to, to get, get out, out of this wheelhouse. wheelhouse yes okay the wheelhouse would have been another uh, fine name for this episode okay so uh, Tyrion and Varys are in sort of the volantis
0: strip mall and we see a red priestess who is
1: talking about a number of things including grayscale Right. Yeah. And uh, Tyrion's like, oh, yeah, if you could just pray away grayscale, that would be uh, good luck with that. A lot of grayscale so, foreshadowing so here. Yeah. And I think that makes sense. Uh, you know, they're trying to set up what's going to happen with Jorah in uh, just two episodes time. Mm-hmm.
0: And then uh, she's also talking about the uh, the greatness of
1: the dragon queen, the dragon savior. Yeah. And Tyrion's like, "Ooh, I didn't know we were meeting the Messiah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> okay. Uh
0: the red priestess uh locks eyes with Tyrion.
1: Yes. Uh, as though she knows that there is something very important about Tyrion or she just has excellent hearing and she's just like stone cold looking at him like shut up. Yes. You're ruining you're ruining my set.
0: Okay. Now you don't think that maybe uh this is the Dragon Queen uh is spotting a
1: Targaryen, do you? Right, 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 right. Like, if this is something that comes to pass, you know, in the final season of the show, if it's somehow revealed that Tyrion has Targaryen uh, blood coursing through his veins, you'll certainly be able to look back at this moment and be like, ah... Well, that, that lines up. Uh, not off the table, not off the menu, certainly not. Interesting. And as I've, as I've said before, I'm, I'm much more inclined to believe this could be a thing in the book than the show, just because there's not a lot of time left on the show, but not off the menu. Uh, and I think well, we, here we it is in mean, the show. Yeah, exactly. Like I think, you know, but you could, you could see it for, you know, it's just like Tyrion has a role to play in things. She's seen that in the fire. She knows that he's going to be very close to Daenerys at some point in time. Could be as simple as that, or it could be, You're secretly a Targaryen. You just don't know it yet. And we're going to find that out later on in the show.
0: I mean, it also could be that there is a bounty out there for uh, the imp. Uh, If you uh, happen to spot a dwarf at a brothel, uh, there's a good chance that it could be a guy that there's a huge bounty on his head
1: totally totally totally
0: now we're gonna see uh tyrian having some uh conversation uh with uh some different women in the brothel now of course i love the daenerys targaryen impersonator here the cosplay yes that's so great (laughs) uh do you think i mean we are already in the east it would be great if she could meet up with the crew from the, uh, Lady Crane oh. operation. I feel like that she would be a great addition to that troop.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, uh, hopefully uh, she has a better fate than what happened to to Lady Crane. But to see this Daenerys impersonator go up against Lady Crane's Cersei impersonator mm-hmm. and watch them, like, act out the dragon pit scene or something like that would be very fun. Yeah, funny. if we get, like, a
0: preview for season seven and eight with those characters. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Okay, so... <laughs> Uh, we're going to see Tyrion uh, have a conversation with uh, one of the women that work there. We're also going to see Jorah is in this bar getting very drunk. Yes, he's getting sloppy.
1: not great. Uh, yeah, I believe, again, my memory of it is a little thin. I think in the book... Jorah is the is the guy with the Daenerys prostitute. Mm-hmm. If I'm remembering that right, uh, and is like much more of a fan of it in the book than he seems to be in the show. Makes I don't sense. mean to Makes sense. I don't mean to improperly the besmirch out. the bear's uh, reputation. If I'm wrong about that, but I think that that's how it played.
0: Yeah, so. Tyrion is talking with uh, this uh, prostitute and is having, you know, a pretty good chat. I I think he knows what he's doing here. And he's talking, you know, really saying like, no, I think you're the best person here.
1: Uh, I like your skeptical mind. I like your style. Uh yeah, and then Tyrion suddenly is like, Oh, actually it turns out that I can't do this. I'm suddenly remembering that I should probably be feeling bad about Shay, and in this moment where I am rejecting the uh the prospect of a prostitute, I'm hoping that both myself and the audience can forgive my actions and we can just move along from that ugly incident and never think or talk about it again.
0: Seems like he comes to this realization pretty late in the game. Yep. Yeah. Yes, agreed. Agreed. Uh, you would think that somewhere on the way to Valantis he would say to himself like, "Boy, if I never see another prostitute again or the last thing I I would want." Yeah. But, but uh, it's like almost he gets up to the point of that uh, he's getting very close and he's like,
1: "Wait, what am I doing?" Like, yeah, it's like, "Oh yeah." Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a thing I should be feeling bad about. Right. Forgot about that. Tyrion says, you know
0: what? I need to go to the bathroom.
1: (laughs) I have to go pee. Uh, And so he goes to pee and he is very rudely interrupted by somebody.
0: Jorah does not seem to know the bro code here of uh, the right way to do this. Because he captures Tyrion uh, as he is trying to use the facilities
1: at least he waits for him to finish mm-hmm. you know that's probably smart so at least this way he doesn't have to worry about like a big mess yeah also a Tyrion, like was he trying to get caught i mean
0: he was basically telling every single clue possible to the prostitute that he was a Lannister. like he right. was like, yeah. like a, you know I you could say i debts. always pay my debts you know i was the richest man in the world until the other day some, until something happened and yeah. then uh, I lost my fortune. Uh, you
1: might even say I'm Tyrion Lannister.
0: <laughs> Some people say I bear a striking resemblance to one Tyrion Lannister, if you ever heard of I'm him. I'm
1: not trying to say that I'm Tyrion Lannister, but I'm not not trying to say that. If you're following me, I'm Tyrion. It's me. I'm Tyrion Lannister. Yeah, I mean, what was he talking that loud that uh, Jorah heard him? I think Joran knows. I mean, Joran knows his, uh, his Westeros people, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think at, at this point he's probably figured it out. He's got nothing to do he's anymore. He's very careless. But read. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think uh, we, have, uh, we have observed that Tyrion is no longer exactly on his game from this point moving forward. So sloppy Tyrion here, kind of par for the course for where we're going.
0: Wait, does he have a death wish?
1: probably to some degree yeah you know he wanted to drink himself to death on the road to daenerys right mm, yeah so yeah
0: all right so Anywho. uh
1: there you have it hey fun podcasting at least kind of boring episode <laughs> so we had yeah, a great we had time fun. we had fun talked about the adams family oh it's great yes uh what's to come next week all right. Well, what's to come next week is we got, uh, with with the exception of uh, the faux Daenerys here in this final scene, this was a Daenerys-free episode of Game of Thrones. That shall not be the case for Episode 4, where we will return to the Mirene storyline, and we will say goodbye to to Barry the Bold is going to take his last stand in uh, next week's episode, Sons of the Harpy. Okay. All right. Sons
0: of the Harpy. Uh, that is one of the episode titles. i like, <sighs> I know I know yeah yeah but it's really you know it it is what it is yes we will persevere we will look for the good and look that some of these
1: uh gems that we're uncovering going through this stuff uh it makes it worthwhile doesn't it make you feel really smart and like that doesn't happen very often uh for me anyway so it's great <laughs>
0: doesn't necessarily make me feel smart but like oh look uh it makes me feel like uh that the show was uh knows what it was doing with some of these things. and then there's other things we see like boy they had no idea what they were doing
1: but mm-hmm. but yeah. it's exciting
0: yeah. when you find out like oh yeah i mean that, that can't be a coincidence right
1: yeah, no, I think uh, the I, I was kind of wondering, I mean, because we'd seen these episodes relatively recently, you know, within the last two or three years, uh, like how much more new material is there going to be to to mine as we're getting into the later stages of Game of Thrones. But uh, through three episodes of season five, there's some there's some compelling stuff to uncover. Right. here. So and we had rewatched remain, these episodes based yes, on uh, what yes. we know now. Yeah, A rewatch remains worthwhile. So that's good. Okay. Good stuff. Of course, uh, we've got a
0: lot going on post show recaps, uh, this week. Uh, Fear of the Walking Dead, Better Call Saul, uh, Sharp Objects, uh, season finale, The Sinner. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our post show recaps podcast feed. Go to post show recaps.com slash iTunes. Make sure you don't miss any of it. Uh, Josh is, uh, tweeting away at Round Howard. Uh, Josh, any, me. Anything else, uh, people should check out? <laughs>
1: No, I think you've covered it. Uh, There will be uh, some more stuff for me over at RHAP shortly. uh, About a week away.
0: Okay. About a week away. About a week away. Exciting. About a week away. Exciting stuff. Okay. That'll be good. All right. That'll be great. Everybody, uh, thanks so much for checking out the podcast. We'll be back with our Season 5, Episode 4, Rewatch next week. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.